Good evening, everybody. Welcome to our podcast on on air with Intentional Guy. I'm here. It's with uh, Chad Mansbridge. It's morning here. It's no, it's evening here, but it's uh pretty early there, isn't he? It's uh, very early here, mate. I've, I've got a window open. You can see that here. And uh, as we go on this interview, depending how long we go, we'll we'll see whether the sun comes up there. So uh, see how we go. We'll and you, tell everyone where you're where you're from. Well, from South Australia, South Australia. So that's uh, there's a Australia's basically seven states, and South Australia's in the middle, and obviously South, which uh, you know, down towards Antarctica, basically. <laughs> so it's pretty cold. We're in the middle of winter here. Everything's opposite, of course, uh, from you guys in the states. So as you're coming into your summer, uh, just now halfway through the year, well, we're coming into our winter. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, there's, there's sun sunrise is a little bit later than, than usual. But uh, the world starts here, mate. So you know, we, we are ahead of you, not only in the morning, but we're also ahead of you. Uh, so we're we're always a day ahead. The, the sort of the sun rises in Middle Earth, you know, over in New Zealand, yep. uh, for the Lord of, where the Lord of the Rings was filmed, you know, and uh, sort of starts there, and then we uh, come here into into Australia. But South Australia, we're a we're a wine uh, region. Uh, I live in a place at the moment called Victor Harbour, uh, which is on the coast. And most Australians live on the coast, and uh, we're just uh, many Americans may know us uh, South Australia for our. For our wine, if you've got wine drinkers listening, and a bit like the Napier Valley, we're kind of famous in this, in this state, in this region, for our wine production. So very Mediterranean type of uh, climate, you know, hot, dry summers and then cool nights. And uh, so, yeah, so South Australia. Oh, awesome. Well, I, I have gone to your website. I'm going to post your websites and uh, all your links so everybody, uh, when they're, when this airs, they can see that. Uh, but I've I have really enjoyed. I've been um, going through your material. I read uh, your book. He qualifies you. I'm getting ready to start. You can do this. Uh, or the, the, what's the name of the your new book that's out? You can handle the truth. You can handle the truth. You can. Yeah. Truth. You just just say it with a Jack Nicholson tone, and you you'll never forget it. But but it's <laughs> but it, you got to get the words <laughs> right. It's it's you can handle the can truth. Handle so. The truth. Yeah. You so, can, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yep, I just ordered the Audible book on that, so I'm going to be, oh. I'm going to actually listen to that uh, later today and tomorrow, um, as I go through my workday, trying to, I'll be going through that book uh, tomorrow. Interested in that a lot, uh, but you're a pastor in Australia, and um, I went and looked at a lot of your sermons. You're a lot like my pastor here that I go to. I go to a church. Uh, called momentum and you and him in fact your stage everything kind of it i felt at home watching you listening to you uh with it and everything so i'm going to put a link to there because uh always looking to for great preachers to listen to and uh to just fill my cup with the right stuff i spent so many of my life i i realized what you pour into yourself is so important which is where intentional guy came from was because i wanted to start being more intentional in my life and god gave me that word one year when i'm challenged by my pastor and god has i found after 15 years i've i've now found full restoration um and i, I had to go through a lot of counseling go through a lot of deal with a lot of things uh to get there but i'm so happy to be there so now i'm trying to be very intentional in what i'm doing and how i'm serving god 
uh, because the enemy is intentional to take me out. And I want to, and, and now I'm like, I didn't used to be a guy that re reads. And uh, here's a second book I've read this week. And um, I just, I really enjoy, enjoy it. And I love what God, the materials God's giving to us. And I think a lot of what you're bringing that's in your book is going to help my audience today. And um, I'd love to talk about, start with your first you know this this book here you can handle the truth uh you said there's a, a chapter on to being intentional in it as well oh absolutely so you can you can handle the truth the subtitle uh, of the book is making sense of the bible in three simple steps you can handle the truth making sense of the bible in three simple steps and basically it's a book helping people to read the bible properly to understand what it means it's one thing to read the bible okay it's another thing to actually understand it I mean, what the heck have i just read you know and then uh and then also to implement it or to apply it into our lives so essentially those uh, are the three basic steps how do you read it how do you then understand it and then what do you do with it how do you apply it uh today and basically i frame those three steps, because among other things, Mike, I am a, a three-point preacher by and large, okay? And, uh, but the, I frame those three steps as three questions. Uh, so the first question is, uh, you've got to ask yourself, well, what does the Bible say? Uh, when, you, when you're handling the Bible well, you can handle the truth. How do I handle the Bible? Uh, the first thing you've got to ask is, well, what does it say? You've got to work out what the Bible actually says, you know? And the answer to that, of course, is you just got to read it, but read it properly. Uh, the second step is, well, now that I know what it says, I ask myself, what does that mean? I know it says, uh, you know, eat my body or drink my blood. Uh, I, I know Jesus said, destroy this temple and I'll rise it again in three days. I know that's what it says, but what does that mean? What does it mean? And once I undertake those two steps, then I can finally come to myself and I can ask the question, well, what does it matter? Step number three, what does it matter? What does it say? What does it mean? And what does it matter? Who cares? What do I do with what I've just read? What do I do? Right. Uh, who cares if that's what the Bible says? What does it matter to me today if this 2,000-year-old text or this 3,500-year-old text that I'm reading says something and means something historically, you know, what does it matter to me today? So they're the three steps uh, of correctly handling the Word of God, the, the whole technical term for reading and understanding the Bible properly um, your listeners may be familiar with the word hermeneutics, uh, which is basically the, the science or the process by which we read and understand any literature. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're getting into reading and, and there's a right way and there's a wrong way to read and to understand uh, literature. And there's a right way and there's a wrong way to handle the Bible. And that's where the, the title of the book actually comes from. You can handle the truth. It's not from a Jack Nicholson quote, okay, from, from a few good men. It's not from there at all. It's actually from uh, 2 Timothy 2.15 where Paul writes to Timothy and he says, listen, mate, I want you to be a work person that doesn't need to be ashamed because you correctly handle the word of truth. Uh, some of your Bibles might put it, you rightly divide the word of truth. Well, I grew up in the NIV and it says correctly handle the word of truth. And so Paul's saying to young Timothy there, listen, there's a right way, there's a correct way, and there's an incorrect way to handle the Bible. Okay. And we need to handle it correctly. And uh, I believe that handling it correctly involves following those three steps. What does it say? What does it mean? 
And then what does it matter? And we actually see those three steps played out in the book of Ezra uh, or the book of Nehemiah, sorry, when Ezra read out the scroll, the Levites explained it to the people and then they corrected them on how they were to respond uh, in Nehemiah chapter eight. So those three steps are found there. And it's basically a long established principle in, in biblical hermeneutics to follow those three steps. But a book like this basically uh, addresses that timeless truth, that well-established truth, but in a manner that's very modern, in a manner that's uh, for a, a current audience. It's a, it's a very timeless truth prevented, uh, presented sorry, in a very timely and fresh way. And so uh, that's the, the nature of, of the book. You can handle the truth. And as you said, circling back to your question, it's in the very front of that book. I've got a chapter called Intention. So here we are, Intentional Guy. Uh, I've got a chapter called Intention because when we're asking the question, well, what does the Bible say? Uh, we're talking there in that part about how to read it well. And one way that you need to read the Bible or one ingredient you need to bring to your Bible reading is you must read it with intention. And so in that chapter, I discuss uh, three, as it turns out again, uh, three uh, intentional ways uh, to read your Bible. So, Well, I like that because uh, I know for me personally, uh, that's probably going to help me because um, I struggled with that for so long. And also uh, there was some wrong doctrine that I had, I had underheard because I wasn't reading the Bible correct. I, I was taking what someone else was saying to me. And it's very important for me to want to understand it. Uh, one of the problems for me has been I've, I've not been a reader my whole life. So up until I was 50, I probably read five books my whole life. Okay. Yeah. So now in the past two years, I don't even know how many books I've read. Um, but I, I started off slow because I was really, um, I think for a lot of us, sometimes you know it depends on your background and things like that but the enemy wants to make you feel insecure and that's what happened with me so i didn't feel smart enough to read the bible and also i came from a kjv only church uh growing up and to be honest kjv i i know some of it but but I it's so the, I'm now it's not the easiest to read, Mike, is it? It's not the easiest. No, it's like reading reading Shakespeare, and that's why I I mainly got my word of source from what someone else would interpret it to mean to me, you know. And so now I use the ESV Bible, and I I like that because it, it's it, it's just I can read that and I have a better comprehension of what that's talking about. But even still. There's a lot of things when you don't, I don't know how to study sometimes to know like how some of the preachers, you guys can pull out things. And I'm like, well, how are you pulling that out? Because I'm not, I don't, you, you open my eyes to some of that. And so for me, I'm really, I need something like this because one, I just got past that. I kept saying I was stupid. I couldn't do this, you know, and I've got past that lie. Now I, I'm being intentional and I'm trusting God and I'm trusting the process. And what's happening is as I get more and more into it, of course, I'm getting better at it. And I had a, a, a friend of mine that taught me uh, a practice how to read, take uh, 15 minutes, uh, five minutes, five minutes a night you do and, and you'll be a better reader. And he showed me how to do it. And then all of a sudden I, it, it took off for me where I was, I was comprehending better and more. You know, so I know 
I, I forget what the statistics were, but a lot of men don't read today like like we should, you know, and we're a social network area, you know. But oh, yeah, uh, no, I've got look, I've got four kids and, and three of them are in their teenage or 20, uh, 18 and 17. And uh, and I know that our culture is moving away from reading and, and uh, technology is actually uh, perpetuating that because of the, the yeah. sort of TikTok generation, the very quick message and then flick flick on to the next thing. And so to actually sit and concentrate and read and hear uh, as God, God understands the power of communication. He understands the power of word and uh, his word. And uh, he's given that to us in, in essentially book format. And that takes time to digest it. It's like a good meal. And, uh, you know, you've got kids eating basically junk food, a quick sugary yeah. junk food all the time with social media information. That's basically uh, how that's fed to them. Uh, whereas there's nothing like sitting down and having a solid uh, solid meal time, allowing your system to digest and get the nutrients that are necessary, and that's what reading reading does. And so, yeah, it's it's not just a Christian issue; it is really a cultural issue about moving away uh, from reading and therefore reading and comprehension, uh, not just knowing what words are, but comprehending what you've uh, what you've read. And so, uh, yeah, whether whether you see that as an attack on our culture intentionally or unintentionally, uh, it is uh, an indictment yeah. in the sense uh, that is bringing a weakness to our next generation. So anything we can do uh, to read to kids and, and those of us who are parents and grandparents like you are, Mike, you understand uh, we're, we're often uh, encouraged to read to your children uh, when they're young, get them into words, get them into books. And uh, so, yeah, the, the, more, the more we can do that, the, the better. Yes. And, you know, I think, too, with the hermeneutics of it, under, let me ask you this. I read your book. How long do you think it takes a person to start applying what's in your book to their daily to this? You know, because I think some people think some people reading the Bible is a chore, you know, and I want people yeah. to get past yeah. that. You know, it's not a well, check only... list thing to do. It's it's an actual I want to love reading the word of God, but I don't think I'll get, I'm going to be real and authentic with you. I struggle with enjoying reading the word of God because I still struggle with fully understanding everything that I'm reading and stuff. So um, I'm going to enjoy your book because I feel like that's going to help me in that process of getting better at it. You know, it's just been the last two years that I started reading again and stuff, you know, and I yeah. spent 50 years isolating from the world you know so uh it's not easy to get back there well in your case of course you you said you're going to listen to my book so you're going to love it mike because you're just going to have hours of an australian accent speaking with you and uh and <laughs> reading the book for you well you're so you can... i listened to he qualifies you i did the audible book on that one. Oh, did you and okay okay i gotta say you do a great job narrating because i just felt like you were talking to me and okay, nice. it, it, it's a, it, it is a great, as far as audible books go, man, you, you did a great job with that. Well, thanks bro. You're going to, you're going to be walking around saying mate, uh, and g'day before you, before you know it, if you keep uh, listening to my audiobooks. but listen, in, as far as you, you're saying, look, uh, how long would it take for people to apply healthy, uh, Bible reading and understanding? Well, some things are really simple. I mean, that chapter, for example, about intention, if we come back to that, about reading the Bible with intentionality, um, I mentioned three, basically, uh, three ways you can read the Bible that's intentional. Uh, these are well-established ways. 
the first, and not in order of priority, just, just in, in the order I place them in the book, uh, the first is to read the Bible with a devotional intent. Uh, so devotion, uh, worship, I mean, devotion is when you express your love or loyalty to someone. So when it comes to devotion with God, uh, it's, it's expressing your love to God. And that's generally your intention there. When you pick up the Bible as an act of worship is to engage with God heart to heart. And so you might pick a, a psalm, for example. Let's just, just say Psalm 23 for argument's sake. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Everyone knows that one, you know. And you might just take that psalm and for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it is, you might just mull over that psalm, just line by line, word for word. Uh, you might just be, just stop on the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And that day you just lead into worship about God, all my needs, you know. <laughs> you just worship God for the fact that he meets all your needs as you meditate um, and you chew over that that sort of imagery of uh, being a sheep in a good pasture, being led by still waters. And so that's a devotional approach. The intent of that is to minister to your heart and it's to, to connect you heart to heart with God. And for someone like you uh, who's uh, in, uh, who's a uh, musician, uh, you might also have a devotional time either with music in the background or just with your guitar, you know, your Bible on the table, your guitar in your hand. And like David, who sung Psalm 23, you know, he didn't, he didn't read it, he sung it. That's what it is. It's a psalm. You might find yourself worshipping with those words. So if you sit down and your intention is to have a devotional time with God, then that's what it can look like. The second type of approach to be intentional about Bible reading is uh, topical, uh, where you choose a topic and you look up as many passages as you can on that subject matter. So you might be a relatively new Christian and someone's encouraged you to get uh, baptized in water, for example. And you think, OK, well, I need to look at what the Bible says about Water baptism. And of course, water baptism is not just in one part of the Bible. It's kind of scattered throughout. And so what you do is you do a topical study or a topical reading of that subject. Uh, you might go onto a Bible program uh, like Blue Letter Bible uh, website or BibleHub.com and you might look up the word baptism and look up every time it occurs in the scripture. And then you read all those verses and the passages and start writing down things that are common that you see and, and, and start just learning about water baptism simply by reading all the passages on that subject matter. And so that's another intentional approach. It's a topical subject study type of approach. And that's what often preachers will do. If, if, if God puts a subject on our heart, we want to speak about salvation or marriage or, you know, people. Um, parents, we will look up a resource like a, a website uh, or a situation and uh, we will study out that subject, what the Bible says about it. But the third approach, and this is personally my favourite, uh, is not devotional, which ministers, um, you know, study topical, which really is you learning in your head. But my favourite approach is what you might call a chronological approach or a systematic approach. Mm -hmm where you literally sit down, whether it's on a train, okay, or on a plane or on your bed right. or a couch or out in the, you know, out in the yard when you're having your morning coffee and you just read uh, and you just read. And it doesn't matter if you don't get all the detail, okay. You just pick a book in the Bible and you read it from start to finish. And so you pick up the book of Kings or first and second Kings, because it's really one book or Genesis, okay, or Philippians in the, in the New Testament. And you just read it, mate, just read it for 20 minutes. Don't stop. Don't think too much uh, about the intricate details. Just read it like a book. 
And, uh, and as you do that, you'll just start to get the flow and you'll start to catch the, the vibe of the story and the, the chronology and, and how, this, how this thing is moving. And, uh, and that to me is, is, helps people get a big picture perspective of the Bible. And uh, books of the Bible, generally speaking, most books of the Bible were designed to be read that way. You know, Paul said to the Colossians when he wrote Colossians, he said, take this letter and read it aloud to the church, you know. And he, that's what he was thinking. He was thinking literally start at the beginning and go to the end and don't stop. Just read it as I wrote it, you know. And and uh, most preachers, you know, when they when they open the book of uh, letter of Paul, They'll just take one verse here and then another verse there and a half a verse there, and that's how they preach. Well, that's not how those letters were designed to be read aloud. They were designed to be read from start to finish. And pretty well all books of the Bible, except maybe Psalms and Proverbs, you could say, were designed to be read that way. And so I think that is a great intention there where, uh, for example, uh, as men, you might think, well, uh, pastors often suggest this, that you, you choose a month that's got 31 days in the month okay and you think well this month my intentional approach to my bible reading is to read one chapter of proverbs a day one chapter there's 31 chapters i'll read it through from start to finish and i would have accomplished reading proverbs in a month at about you know 10 minutes a day just reading it through or you might say look i'm going to read through luke and acts sort of my favorite combo to get the picture of Jesus and the picture of the, of the early church in the book of Acts, Luke and Acts go together. They're basically series one and series two of a Netflix special. Okay, that's how they're designed to be uh, read, Luke and Acts hand in hand. And uh, you just say, look, for this month, that's my goal. I'm going to read Luke and Acts together. And even if I don't understand everything Jesus says in red, I'm just going to keep reading to, to get the big picture. I'll set my intentional goal and I'll read it systematically. And uh, one of the best things I ever did for my spiritual uh, journey and as a pastor I help people in my church do this as well is I laid out a bible reading plan for a year now a lot of people try to do this where they say I'm going to read the bible this year it's January 1st new year's resolution and they get to Leviticus and they bail right because it's too bloody and guts and gore and, and it doesn't make sense you know and uh, very difficult reading by the time you get time to get into Leviticus but what I did is I set up a schedule where you can read the bible in a chronological order so the psalms and the prophets all come in in the storyline when they were speaking. And so you break up the Bible a little bit. You don't uh, necessarily read it as it was displayed, but you read it as it happened. And uh, I just kept on encouraging people because I did uh, video tutorials every week as we worked through that. And I kept on encouraging people, listen, just keep reading, just keep going, okay? And be intentional as you just read. It doesn't matter if you don't get all the details. Um, That's not what intent, that's not what systematic or chronological reading is for. It's a different intention. So there's there's the three intentional approaches, um, whether it's 10 minutes a day of just being devotional and ministering, you know, God ministering to your heart, whether it's studying out a topic, being topical, or whether it's picking a book or even the whole Bible and just reading it through from start to finish. Um, they're three intentional approaches that people can take. Wow, that's good. Because, I, I mean, as you're sitting there, I'm, I'm like, okay, those, those are some great ideas. Uh, to help because so many times we look at the Bible as a check it off, you know, I, 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 as a chore to do, but it, you know, for me now, it's, it's me on my journey to finding what God wants from me. You know, I had a preacher tell me, uh, several years ago, and this is where I got discouraged and, and I, and I lo- I stopped everything because he told me I could never be in God's perfect will anymore. 
you know, and, and he, he said to me, you know, pretty much that, you know, God can't use you. And, um, that broke me, you know, and Mm -hmm. then it broke, it defeated me everywhere. And I isolated for several years. I mean, a decade over a decade, a decade. I just, I came, I went to work every day. I came home on the weekends. I got my pajamas. I didn't leave the house until Monday morning. I was, I was a defeated person, you know, and now, you know, I, I got past that lie that the enemy planted in my head. And I think some people don't understand the, I'm seeing more and more this year, the importance of being in God's word, even when I don't feel like it, trusting the process, you know, because sometimes it is hard to understand some of what I'm, I'm reading, but I like this because you're giving me some of, you know, I can sit down with my guitar and I can worship for a few moments before I open up that Bible and start doing that and treating it like it, not like it's a chore or something to do, but more of a, you know, trying to build that relationship with God, but to worship and come at it as a devotion rather than to read my Bible. And sometimes I go back to that legalistic mic part where I get legalistic in it instead or, or defeated, you know, because you, like you said, you get to Leviticus, you get to some of these places, you get to the begats of the Bible and all this, you know, they, and I'm, you're just like, you know, and it, you get defeated with that, you know, Old, Old Testament's hard for some people to really get yeah. through that you know but i think there's an importance to doing it too in our life that people don't see what you what we're gaining at the end of the day you know once we accomplish that well look very very much the the tone of my approach to you can handle the truth is not telling people that they should handle the truth Um, in fact i start with the with the in the preface by saying listen most of us as christians because uh, it's primarily is written for a Christian audience, have already been told that you should read the Bible. But my job is to tell you that you can, okay? Not just that you should or that you must, but that you can read the Bible because often it's a bit like dieting or uh, you know eating well or exercising or budgeting, you know, uh, finances. Everyone knows we should do these things. You should, you should, you should. And we go, yeah, I know, I know I should. But sometimes that that's not actually motivating, just being told that you should. Sometimes that can be very debilitating because we're just, we pile on the shame and the sense of I should, but I'm yes. not, you know, that, that, that kind of situation. Sometimes one of the most motivating things people can be told is not why you should do something, but that you can do this. You know, you, you can do it. You can do it, you know. And so that's the, the tone of the book. Not you should read the Bible, but you can read the Bible. You can handle the truth. That's that's the whole title again. You can handle the truth. You, I know the Bible is difficult. And I say this over and over again in, in the Bible, in my book, because uh, here I am. I'm a mentor, as it were, speaking uh, almost like a Paul speaking to a Timothy. And that's the sort of the tone that I take in the book to say, listen, mate, you can do this. Yes, there's parts that are complicated. Yes, there are parts that are a little bit complex. Yes, there are parts that seem confusing. And yes, there are parts in the Bible, let's admit it, that even seem contradictory. You know, how do I balance that bit with that bit? What do I do with that? Don't they contradict? Yes, yes, yes. The Bible does seem like that. It does seem difficult, but you can do it. 
You really, really can. And God has equipped you with everything necessary for handling the scripture. And that's even the whole picture of Paul writing to Timothy and saying, be a workman that correctly handles the word of truth. His, uh, Paul most likely is playing on his experience there as a tent maker, as a tradie, okay, <laughs> a tradesman, or yeah. what we say in Australia, a tradie, you know, a carpenter. He's basically, uh, this, is, this is very male-to-male uh, language. He's saying, look, I'm a tradie. I build tents for a living, mate. I know what it's like to cut poles. I know what it's like to measure uh, fabric. I know what it's like to build a construction. And you need to know what you're doing. You need to do it well, and you can do it. You can do it. And one of the ways uh, you, you can do that is to know what tools you have at your disposal. God hasn't just left us, you know, given us a book and said, good luck, fellas. You know, here you go. All the best. You know, I'll see you later. Uh, he's, no, he's given us the tools that we need to handle the scripture well. And so that's the tone of the book. It's starting off by saying, these are the tools that you have. This is how I know you have what it takes to handle the scriptures. And my job is to walk you through a process to say, okay, step one, sort this out. Step two, now do this. And step three, let's consider this. And we're going to build something beautiful together with the word of God. So absolutely, I think for, for men out there who don't consider themselves as you, as you did for years, Mike, you don't consider yourself good readers or you've looked at the Bible and you said, oh, nah, mate, it's too hard. You know, it's just, it's too hard. I'll just, uh, I'll just get on the TikTok or, or, or watch Netflix. No, 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 no. Hang on. Yeah. You can handle the, the word. You know that you need to. Okay. You've had pastors, te- pa- pastors tell you that for years that you should read the Bible. You must read the Bible. It's good for you to read the Bible. Well, I'm here to say you can. You can read the Bible. You can understand it and you can apply it to your life. And you don't need to be afraid of getting it wrong uh, because God has equipped you with tools to not only do a safe job, but to do a successful job in handling the scriptures. And so that's what you can handle the truth is all about. And there's a there's a payoff to this too in, in doing this. This is what I come to find out. There's a payoff. Now it's taken me a while to get to the payoff. But now that I've I've done the process and I've actually gone through the through the motion, um, I'm filling myself with knowledge I didn't have before. But the Bible also fills us with joy, you know, because it it if you take it at a devotional stance, that reading the scripture is also drawing me closer to God. Because if I can have a better understanding of God, then now my vision of me and how God sees me is changing. You know, and my identity is no longer wrapped around all these other things. And it it draws out the truth versus all the lies that are in my ear and tell. And I like that you that you focus on the can, you know, that positive side of you can do this. I know you feel like you can't. And and, and my friend that did this, it's, it's my my former brother-in-law. He he's the one who encouraged me and told me, Mike, you're not stupid. You can do this. It's, and he's the one who gave me this little five minute thing to do every night that helped me. And now here I am. And I'm going to tell you, that was just a couple months ago. And I, I, I don't even know, I've got to go back and count how many books I've read since Come that. On, man. there, you know, and, and now what I'm finding is I'm getting my joy back, you know, I'm getting my joy back because I'm more confident in who I am. And that's the payoff, you know, and I, and, and Bro, there, the there, lie, there are the so many, 
There are so many payoffs and that's one of them. And as it turns out, I've got a whole chapter in the book, You Can Handle the Truth, right at the end about exactly what you just said there, about one of the, remember there's three steps. What does it say? What does it mean? And then well, what does it matter to you and I today? What is it? Who cares if that's what the Bible says? Uh, in, in, the, in that step, what does it matter? How do I find implications or applications today? Uh, I spent a whole chapter talking about the idea of identity, that one of the reasons the Bible matters to us today is because it answers one of the most uh, poignant uh, existential questions that people in our modern era are asking. Who am I and why do I exist? You know, what's my identity? You can't turn on the TV and listen to news and particularly political commentary without people talking about how you identify. You know, what's your identity? What's your identity? Who are you? Well, there's there's reason that people ask that. It's not just cultural. People do need, want to know who they are. And that is part of the, the, the human condition. And we see this beautifully presented in the story of Peter or Simon at that stage when uh, Jesus said, who do people say that I am? Matthew 16. And uh, Simon pipes up. He's always the first to speak. Okay. It's a bit impetuous like that. And, uh, uh, and he said, I don't know who you are, Jesus. You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus said, Simon, you're absolutely right. Uh, and this revelation has not come to you from a man. This has come to you from my father in heaven. God himself has revealed this truth to you. And then he says the most profound thing. He says, Simon, now that you know who I am, okay, now that you have heaven's revelation of who I am, I want to tell you who you are. You are not Simon. You're actually Peter. Uh, you're, a, you're a piece of rock is what the word uh, Peter means. And uh, basically Jesus is saying, mate, you, you're a chip off the old rock. You know, you're more like me than you give yourself credit for. Because uh, Simon was named after Simeon, was his actual name, Simeon, uh, an Old Testament character who was known for uh, acting impetuously and that robbing him of his destiny. And Peter, uh, Simon Peter would experience this when he denied Jesus. He's like, oh, no, I've made a mistake. He was a real emotional type of type of guy, you know. And Jesus is saying to him, listen, when, you, when you're in that place, if you think you're like Simeon, you think you're like you make bad mistakes and you've given up your destiny like you did, Mike, you had people say to you, you know, you, you know, God can't use you anymore because you made stupid decisions in your past or whatever the, the situation was. He's saying, now listen, mate, I see you as Peter. I see you. I see more of me in you than you do. And so I'm renaming you. I want you to know how I see you. And so now that you know who I am, this is how I see you. And he says, then it is on this rock that I will build my church, that the rock solid foundation of uh, who God sees Jesus as who God says Jesus is and who God says that we are because of him. The rock solid revelation of identity is what the, the Christian community is makes is uh, built on to be secure and spreads because it's from there that sense of who I am and whose I am that the gates of hell will not prevail against that forward moving church. The church that understands the community that understands who they are and whose they are. And so the word of God does that. This is where we're coming back to. The word of God does that. It reveals who Jesus is. Number one, the Bible is the self-revelation of God in written form. It's God saying, this is who I am, humanity. Okay. Progressively throughout history from Genesis, all the blood and guts and gore of Leviticus, the wars of kings and chronicles and the Psalms and the wisdom of Proverbs, the, the wacky prophets and all the, their doom and gloom, all this into the gospels pointed towards the perfect picture of who God is, Jesus Christ. That's what the author of Hebrews says. He says, in our past, 
God revealed himself in different ways. We got glimpses of who he was. But ultimately, we know who God is and what he is like because we've seen Jesus. That's the per that's the reason of the scripture, to reveal God to us. And second to that, the scripture reveals who we are because of him. The scripture, like James says, when you look into the, the, the word of God, it's like looking into a mirror. You can see your reflection. You actually see who you really are. And so I like to say, you know, no matter what identity statements other people have spoken over you, whether it was an angry uncle or a, a drunk grandparent or a, or a nasty mother or, a, or an impetuous you know, teacher or, a, or a, you know, a bullying kid at school, I am who I am says I am. I am who God says I am. And that is the most important thing to me. And part of the uh, purpose of the scripture, what does it, what does the Bible matter to us today? This ancient document, documenting history. No, 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 no. It matters to us because it reveals Jesus, who God, who heaven says Jesus is, and it reveals who we are because of him. And so exactly what you said, the more you get into the scripture, the more you understand who God is. The most important thing in the world is knowing Jesus, knowing who God is. It's, it's the only way we can have eternal life is knowing God. And so we know God through the scripture. The scripture reveals him, but we also learn who we are because of him. And that is one of the absolute key benefits of the scripture and something that I'm glad you found helpful in your journey. Yeah, and I love that payoff for that because I, I'm right there right now is, and I'm in that stage of discovering who I am now, you know, and that's why this subject's so important to me because I know that one of the keys to this is being able to be in the scripture so that I can know who he says I am, you know, and mm. uh, for any of my listeners that's listening, this actually went to a I want to have you in another time and let's talk about he qualifies you. Um, this is, I like this because we just go with where God leads it, but this is so important here for me to hear today because I, you know, I mean, I'm being real. I, it, it's the hardest thing I do is read my Bible, but the best thing I can do is read my Bible, you know? And, um, but it, for some reason, you know, it's hard, but I like the fact that it's so positive. You, you can do that because we live in a world where people tell us what we can't do all the time. And that was my world for a long time because of bad choices and decisions. Now I no longer am redeemable or, or what have you. And um, if there's any of our guys, people listening today and you don't read it, I hope you're encouraged today to just Find a solution to do it, you know, get this, get the book on this first and three easy steps to doing it. And you've given those to us and, and just trust the process to do it. The payoff is huge. And I know, and I can't, this isn't like a scratch and sniff podcast. You know, I wish it was because I, I didn't understand what joy was, you know, I thought I knew what joy was. I heard people talk about joy. This year, I I found full is the first year that I found full restoration where God just a hundred percent restored my life, um, took away the lies, took away the past, you know. And, but it was God was always willing to do that. But I, I God's not going to force that on me, you know. And so it was making an initial decision to to start pouring. I, I was like, I came to the realization, I really want to know who God is in my life. 
and it was starting being intentional and taking that journey to get it, you know, and the payoff is so tremendous. The joy that I have today compares to nothing I've had in my life. Come on, man. You know, because I found freedom from the lies, freedom from the things that were designed to hold me down. And so the scripture brings out the truth. And sometimes I don't understand it. There's a lot of things I wasn't understanding. And that's why I want to get into he uh, he qualifies you. And, and maybe on a maybe in a month or so we could do we could talk about that, about the covenant, because I found that so interesting and helpful. But I, I told you before we started, I'm still dissecting uh, or digesting what you gave gave me because there was a lot to that. But I love that. I I'm hungry for it now. And someone yeah, might, yeah, you right. might be out there and you're not hungry for it. What makes you get, what makes you hungry for it? How can you be hungry for this? I think it's, you got to have, a, you got to want it. You know, you got yeah, to want it. You're going to want it and you've got to um, also know that you can do it as we, as we said before. So a desire to, uh, but also a knowledge that you, you, you do have what it takes uh, to become a good Bible reader. And so maybe I'll just leave with a few things. You know, one of the one of the things that I really enjoy uh, when when I'm into it is exercise, uh, doing gym weights, that kind of thing. I was into CrossFit for for a number of years, but over COVID uh, period, my CrossFit gym closed down, and uh, even though I bought some equipment to to use at home, I just never got into it. Uh, I just never got back into it. I can I can see see it now on my body. My muscles are, you know, I'm losing my body tone that I had, and uh, and I just know I'm in not as good a shape. And I've got the stuff in my garage, you know, the the, the equipment that's just collecting dust there. For me, I know exercise is important. I know doing weights uh, as a man, and as I get older, I know doing doing weights is important. But for me, it's just that thing where I needed other people around me to help me. And uh, so for some of our uh, listeners today, that may be their thing uh, with Bible reading. You know, for you, Mike, you, the five-minute thing in bed worked for you, and that might work really well for some people here as well. Uh, if um, There might be some guys here who say, okay, listen, what I'm going to do is I'm going to not take my screen to bed. I'm not going to take a screen to bed. I'm going to take a paper book or a paper Bible, okay? And I'm specifically saying paper there, not the screen, not distracted with a screen. I'm taking a paper book or it's a paper Bible to bed and that's my new routine. I'm going to set myself a goal. I listened to a podcast and the silly Australian said to read Luke and Acts together. I'm going to do that. I'm going to read Luke and Acts and I'm just going to read until my eyes get tired and just read it through. Done. That's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. Some of the guys out there are going to be able to do that. Some guys are going to be like me with CrossFit. And they're going to go, you know what, I, I, to do it on my own, I, I, I just struggled for the motivation to do that. But I can do it if I'm in a group. And uh, maybe what you need to do this summer uh, in America is to sign up to a Bible study group. Maybe It doesn't have to be a men's group. It can be any any group. Uh, find connection with church. Because while the Bible, we should read the Bible for ourselves, uh, we shouldn't necessarily read the Bible by ourselves only. Uh, one of the tools that God has given us to correctly handle the scripture, that whole uh, picture of a workman as a tent maker or a tradie, a tradesman. One of the tools that God has given us to handle the Bible properly is other people. Okay, not not, yeah. not saying that other people are tools. Okay, <laughs> no, you're a tool. No, no, not saying that. But the other, God has given us community 
to understand the Bible well. God has given us community. And so use community. You know, if you're, um, we, we all know the benefit of community through uh, fighting addiction, for example, like alcoholism or pornography or other issues that, that, that uh, you know, that we face, um, that community is important. Having that sense of camaraderie uh, with other uh, men specifically in some situations. Well, the same is true with the Bible. You know, that's the same with me with exercise. It might be the same with you. Uh, with the scripture that you just need to get involved in a small group and uh, that, that specifically focuses not just on socializing but that focuses on bible study reading understanding and applying the scripture and uh, hey if, if my book helps because I, it certainly does i mean a lot of the feedback i've got uh, from people even uh, people in my church in their 80s who have been uh, serving jesus longer than i've been alive mike you know and they're like hey i've learned stuff in this book that I've never heard before, and it's helped me to handle the scriptures well, and uh, and I feel that that's uh, that'd be a really important thing. So I think get a paper Bible is a definite thing. Uh, yeah. Maybe like you've done, Mike. Bedtime might be a great thing. Avoid screen. Use a paper Bible. Consider uh, joining a Bible study group, uh, and also a third thing because you're a listener like I am, Mike. And the fact that people are listening to this podcast means that their podcast they listen to podcast. Okay, is to do what you said suggested right at the start. And listen to good preachers and not just preachers, but Bible teachers, uh, people yes. that actually use the scripture. A lot of preachers. And this one of the reasons that Christians don't read the Bible uh, as much as we, we should or we can is because preachers don't handle the Bible well in the pulpit. OK, and this yeah. you, you experience this in your life. You know, a lot of preachers, they just read a verse here, a harvest there, and then the rest of it's storytelling and getting through their points and telling people what they should and shouldn't do. A Bible teacher, on the other hand, is someone that will open the Bible and will read it, read whole slabs of it. And then they'll, under, they'll explain to you the historical context and the meaning and different uh, views and perspectives on what it might mean before they get into application. So a good Bible teacher is good to listen to because if you can watch the experts, if you can watch uh, people who play the game well, like your favorite sport, you watch those who, the professionals in your league, you'll become a better sportsman just by watching them and and, uh, and getting inspired by the way they handle the ball. Uh, so the same is true with the, the scriptures. Find some good Bible teachers, and you can probably recommend your own mic that, that suits you uh, to, for your audience. But if you find some good Bible teachers, you'll learn from them how they handle the scripture. And, you know, I come from a uh, what many, many people would call a Pentecostal tradition or, or background in my church experience. And yet my favorite Bible teachers, Presbyterians, you know, and my favorite Bible teachers uh, are from a totally different stream to what I've grown up in because they've taught me how to handle uh, the Bible well. And so, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest finding good podcasts as well. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's where I, I love doing this podcast is because I'm getting to talk to a lot of interesting people like you, and uh, on the podcasts that I listen to, you know, I'm finding I find what I like, I find what I don't like, and, um, but you have you know, I I started searching for it. You flip through the channel of the TV all night long looking for something you want to watch. Uh, we got rid of cable TV in our house because of that. You know, we're like, okay, we're, we're, we're sitting here not being intent. Not, and I'm not telling people to go throw their TVs away like they did at, at our church, but uh, at, when yeah. I was growing up, but you know, but I'm encouraging you to, you know, put the remote down on that and, and start finding some positive podcasts and see what really got me going with Stephen Furtick out of Elevation Church. Okay. And, 
he really he's he he's my podcast every every Monday, you know, that I listen to. And I that fed me. But then that started a search for other because what now I got a bunch of the rest of the week to do. And then went to reading and went to all this stuff, you know, and it's a process and you got to be intentional and do it. But listen, my mate from Australia, I appreciate you being here today with us. It's been a joy. I've really have got a lot from this. Uh, like I said, I, I want to come back and do he qualifies you because I really you talk about the covenant. I mean, you gave a lot of food for that and stuff that I didn't know that would be great to do. But I just want to thank you uh, for being on here today with us, sharing your knowledge and your book with us. And I want to encourage you guys, I, you know, I, I've got the audible book on it, but I'm going to order the paperback and I'm finding I'm doing that. I'm, I'm getting the audible, but I want the paperback because I want to mark it up. I want to highlight it. I want to find things that I can go flip back to uh, when I need. There's nothing like having that paper paperback. I oh, do. I, I think paper paper trumps screen. Uh, you know, when it comes to Bible reading and also for many books, and particularly for you can handle the truth, uh, because uh, I've also had an illustrator in our church uh, who I uh, who I got to do some uh, illustrations through the book that sort of softens it. It's, it's a you know, it's a hard subject matter, Bible interpretation. It sounds a bit intimidating. Right. And so my goal in tone of how I write it, the, the humor, uh, the examples, and also yeah. with illustrations is to soften that otherwise intimidating subject matter. And so, yeah, there's certainly things in the paperback copy uh, that you'll get, like bonus articles and uh, illustrations that will just help uh, with the reading. And there's about 300 endnotes or footnotes, you know. And uh, one of the reasons for that is because while it's quite a technical uh, you know, Bible interpretation can involve a lot of technical jargon. I don't put the technical jargon in the content of the book. I keep the English nice and simple and all the technical gears in the back in the end notes, but there's a stack of them. So if people want to nerd out on uh, on on the end notes, then they can. It's there. If you just want to listen and, uh, and get the basic concepts. And as I said, even a bit of a laugh every now and again. I use humorous examples and uh, that will be memorable and shareable. And, uh, and that, uh, yeah, that's part of the advantage that you can handle the truth. But if people just look me up, Chad Mansbridge, uh, my, I mean, I'm easy to find on the interwebs, and uh, and I'm going to put your uh, I'm going to put your you got you got two websites. I'm going to put down in our our links and everything else. I encourage you guys go listen to them. Um, I love your preaching. Uh, you add humor to it, like you said. You're you're very engaging, and um, so everything I've I've seen preparing me for this podcast, I'm like I'm just loving it. I I, I uh, you know I I'm going to be cool, following bro. it. I appreciate you. And I appreciate it. So, all right. Well, guys, uh, until next time, just keep being intentional. We'll talk to you later. See you guys.